to the Dinosaur Man Nerdcast. I'm Andy Hughes, I'm here with Alex Hudson. And I have mostly this week been thinking about Cappy Najimi. Uh-huh. Hocus Pocus, Rat Race. I know who you mean. She plays Bev in Rat Race. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even have to look up the title of the character, you know why? You've seen that film too many times. I know Rat Race inside, I might watch it tonight. <laughs> how are you, Andy? I'm not bad, how are you? I'm great. Here with some news, news pig. Oh yeah, welcome to Wednesday's oh, episode of News and Reviews. Yeah, introduced it. Here we <laughs> news and reviews. People have said that the news, re- uh, news and reviews ones are the dry episodes. Yeah. The, they're, the, they're the non-fun ones. Who said but that? I like, I like to... <laughs> Kathy Najimi said it. And I'm just like, yo... Listen up. Is that upcoming with all these Kevin Najimi facts? Um, Is that what the snake from Harry Potter was named after? Najimi. <laughs> Come here, Najimi. <laughs> well, um, I don't know what accent that was. <laughs> it was 1940s I mean, I, stage show. I, I could have gone with something that wasn't vaudeville. Um, <laughs> I could have gone with one of her actual lines from Rat Race, because, of course, I know them all. Oh dear. Um, How are you, Andy? I'm, I'm still, still good. Still good. Do you want to hit me with some news, you news pig? <laughs> Throw some news at me. Rub, rub my nose in it. Um, rub my okay. nose in it. <laughs> rub away. Um, anyway. <laughs> First bit of news, yeah. Yeah. So we've both seen the Kingsman trailer that came out today. Yeah, Kingsman Golden um, well, Circle Tuesday. Um, what did you think? Avoided a fucking international catastrophe there, didn't they? People thought this might be a Tuesday when we're recording. (laughs) They thought this might be live. Um, What did you think? Yeah, it's good. It doesn't give anything away. Like, very little. Very little, apart from Colin Firth seems to be back. Of course he's back. But I think we kind of expected that. You're not going to get rid of the Firth. Especially because he's great in that first film as well. Colin Firth is having what I would call good. Films. (laughs) Films. <laughs> Who's gonna say Renaissance? Yeah, I was gonna say a Firthonaissance, but um, <laughs> no, because he's always been good. Yeah. So so, but yeah, uh, it doesn't give anything of note away. No, you we're get, still like, a good five months away from that happening because it's a September release. But you get a glimpse of like Channing Tatum's in this film, and obviously Halle Berry's in it, and is it Jeff Bridges as well? Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Is in this as well, and you get a glimpse of them, but you don't really get an idea of what's actually happening. Um, but no, I'm excited because I, I really like that first one. I know you had some strange yeah. problems with it. Look, um, if you go back and listen you can, to our you can listen review. to the 2015 review, yeah, yeah, a couple of years ago, we've done too many years of this podcast, <laughs> but um, but you've, it, you had some very strange it, problems, but it looks fine. We'll see what it's like. Okay, I, re- I really enjoyed that first one, so I'm hoping it's more. With a lot of the sequels to films that I really enjoyed, I always just hope for more of the same. Yeah. Um, and I think this is something that you can definitely do that with because it is just a kind of twist on that spy fan, spy genre. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of just hoping for more of that. But like I said, the trailer doesn't really give me enough to kind of really even get me excited. And you're for not really much. getting a lot of spy fix this year. No. Oh, you know, there's not a Mission Impossible, there's not a James Bond. Well, that's the thing, like, last time it came out, you had a Bond and a Bourne in that year. No. Was Bourne, like, was Bourne last year? Yeah, you had a Bond and a oh. Mission Impossible. And wasn't this McCarthy's spy that year as well? I don't think anyone was seeing that as a direct competitor <laughs> to them. I just need to, I, like, hang on, let me just phone up and Hollywood. Cars 2. No, Hollywood say no. <laughs> okay. 
Hollywood said that was not meant to be in competition with it. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, another good spy flick. Um, sure. <laughs> I sound enthusiastic, yeah. right? Good. Lion King. Should we talk Lion King? We'll talk about the Lion King. Some so, voice casting has been announced. Yeah, they've announced the cast for Timon and Pumbaa, mm-hmm. which is Seth Rogen and Billy. Is it Eichner? Eichner. Um, I don't really know that much about Billy Eichner. Uh, he's a comedy actor who's appeared in Parks and Recreation. Uh, he's very sort of over the top. He's very animated. He's 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 blowing up. I, I believe is the term. Now. He was in Bad Neighbors too, but I think in a small role. I imagine he will be Timon. Yes, and Rogan will be Pumbaa. That will be the logical way to put that. Yeah, I mean that is exactly who has been confirmed. So was oh, it? In, I saw the headline. No, yeah, in those in that order. Okay, it's what you would expect. Like when yeah, I mean if, if you cast. Seth Rogen as Timon, then you know you've got problems with your casting director. <laughs> they cast Seth Rogen as Mufasa, um, but also they've announced that Lion King is released in 2019. That's yeah. some 2019 film, so you've still got a little while. So it's to absolutely going to destroy the box office that year. Probably it will monster its way to the top of the summer. I, I think like that. Summertime's a good time to put that film out. Yeah, and if anything like the Jungle Book, then I'm pretty sure we'll be happy. Yeah, I think so. Um, um, did you have some news? Yeah, so um, we're coming into the time when production on, uh, uh, filming rather, on uh, the remake of The Raid is supposed to be happening. Okay. Now, this was announced, the film itself was announced before the first film even came out, Mm -hmm. that they were doing a remake, uh, an English language remake, um, and that they weren't quite sure on who was going to be attached to it at that point, but uh, Gareth. Evans, (laughs) it's the correct one. Gareth Evans said, You know what? I'm fully behind the idea of them doing this. Mm. I think it's a great idea because no one will see my film. So, anyone who can get the word out there by, you know, if you go and see the Raid remake, people will say, Oh, you know, this is a remake of this fucking Indonesian film that you've never heard of. And then they go and find it and they go, Oh, wow, okay, cool. So he's he's all up for it, and he has been from the beginning. Um, but the since the earlier this year, they've had a director and a star attached. Now the star, I mean, why wouldn't it be Frank Grillo? I really thought you were going to say Gerard Butler. No, uh, he is he is the better Gerard Butler. I feel, <laughs> um, and Joe Carnahan's directing, uh, who had previously directed The Grey, uh, Smoking Aces, uh, Narc. So someone who's got an experience of sort of action yeah. stuff, but not necessarily not necessarily someone who you would conceive of would be doing this mm. necessarily next. But we like Frank Grillo enough. He's yeah, watchable yeah. enough. You know, the Purge movies, the second and third one. The second one is the most interesting one. The third one's the funniest. The third one is the funniest. The third one is the <laughs> stupidest and also the funniest. The first one is basically it doesn't matter what it's it is. It's the one anymore. I haven't seen. Well, it's the one that I have seen and yet forgot most of it because it's not an interesting yeah. concept anymore. It's just a house arrest type thing. Whereas at least the the second and third one, the second one was stupid <laughs> but had the potential to be great. The third and the third is... one never had the potential to be great but did have the potential to be stupid. And yeah. my God, it did it live up to its it. potential? <laughs> but yeah, what was your point regarding this? Oh, so they've... They're, they're just about to go into film okay. on this now. Um, there's no release date. I it's, it's really strange because I don't think... Because normally in this sort of situation I'd go, oh, if you want, really want an English language version of a film like that, 
you can find a dubbed version. Yeah. But I've seen the dubbed version of the radio. Yeah. It's not a good dubbing, so just watch the watch the subtitled version. version. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I can't imagine them doing those fight scenes any better than what they were. Like, there's a fight scene in the raid where it's um, one guy versus two people yeah. in a room, and it's phenomenal. Yeah. And I can't imagine you doing that fight scene any better with Frank Grillo. Mm. Well, the bit that basically said people have reported this is basically the Hollywood version of it. But then Frank Grillo made the very good point that this is not the Hollywood version of it because if it was the Hollywood version, they'd have got someone like Tom Cruise. <laughs> and Frank Grillo says, you know. Like it or not, I am not Tom Cruise. I've made my peace with that. <laughs> and that's fine. Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise, but he's not going to be in the remake of The Raid. So Imagine. But he's exactly the kind of person who would be in if they did properly Hollywoodize yeah, yeah, it and yeah. spend $100 million on it. $100 million on a really fancy tower block. Yeah, right. Really ornate, decorative work. Um, that's pretty much it. I did want to just quickly mention, because uh, we just briefly saw this it's rumoured that the next X-Men film is titled Dark, Dark Phoenix, Phoenix rather than Supernova mm. um, which is what people thought it's going to be anyway Supernova they thought it's going to be the Dark Phoenix especially after the way X-Men Apocalypse ends mm. I they've missed a trick I yeah. think yes because this one's set in the 90s right yeah yeah Champagne Supernova came out in the 90s right did it have I made that up maybe by Oasis if yeah. they got to 2000 they Supernova. could have had Supernova by Mr. Hudson I don't know that song. Do you remember Mr. Hudson? I, I, I am him, so yes. <laughs> I remember myself. Um, he did an album, he did an album called Straight sure. No Chaser. Yeah, I know that. Obviously, I remember the album, and I remember the fact that he did um, Forever Young. Uh, it was good. Um, but yeah, yeah. What were you saying about X-Men? Oh, my, my issue with this is um, I'm worried about this because what this is is Brian Singer going oh I didn't get to do Dark Phoenix before let me do it I can do it now but I don't think that cast is in place to do it no I don't I don't really like the new cast no Um, and I'm worried that Sophie Turner's probably not going to do a better job than they performance wise than Famke Jensen did we'll see no I hope so because I really do like the X-Men you know it's it's an it's another one along, so you know we go good feel bad feel good feel bad. That's that twenty nineteen as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or, or is it next year? Twenty eighteen. It can't be next. Year. It might be next year. You know. <laughs> Too soon. Um. So yeah, I'm worried by that. Yeah. Um, but we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. I, d- I just think it's a bit of a dick move by singer. Yeah. Like there were much there were loads more stories that they could tell with the X Men. Sure. It's kind of him going. Oh, Ratner's, he's already written Ratner out of history and then tried to mock him in the last one going, we all know the third films are the worst. Mm. Despite his being the third film of that trilogy and being the worst. Um, and it's him now going, oh, I get to do this film now. But you didn't want to make the last one because you went off to do um, Superman Returns. Yeah. So I I don't know, I'm, I'm worried by that. Trepidatious. Yeah, as much as I, lo- I love the X-Men films, that one leaves me worried. Mm-hmm. Let's go into some reviews, shall we, Newsy? Reviews. Do you want to go first? Or? No, you go first. You've, you've seen the second biggest film of the year so far. Okay. I went and I've seen like the 400th <laughs> biggest film of the year so far. Okay, so people might remember me saying a few weeks or months ago that I had only ever seen the first two Fast and the Furious films. Uh, which were Fast and the Furious and Two, two, fast, two Furious. Two furious which um, is, as titles go, strong. I had never seen any past that point but because this one was Tokyo Thrift we remember that (laughs) 
because I realised that Fast and Furious is eight out and there's not much out that I can watch, I was like, I've got a weekend for it. You make it sound like people are stopping you from going in and seeing. Um, well, no, I could go to see Fast and Furious Eight. I was about to say Moana. I could go see Fast and Furious Eight without any prior knowledge of anything. Yeah. But by the time I think they're all linked, so I was like, I've got a weekend for it. So I've literally this weekend watched every Fast and the Furious film apart from Tokyo Drift because I've heard it's terrible. Um, people might be like, oh yeah, actually it's fine, but I've been told by sources, strong sources, Mark, <laughs> it's terrible. Right. So. Um, I watched all of them this weekend, so I could go watch Fate and the Furious today. Mm-hmm. I must say, yeah, I am a fan of this franchise. Of course now. you are. It's got, like, it's got it, fucking planes, runways, tanks, cars, shooting, Vin Diesel, The Rock, Paul Walker, Family, <laughs> Ludacris, and Grace. Like it, it, they are. They. If I had to make a checklist of things Andy Hayes looks for in a movie, all of those would be in here. Those are they. And no, they they are really, really strong action films. They are not good films. Mm-hmm. Like this is where I, make, I have to make a distinct, distinction. They are not good films if you're going in for a critical perspective of what makes a good film. Yeah. But they are some of the most fun films I've seen Entertaining. in a while. You know, I think four. Is meh. Five is really good. Like, really, I think it's the best of the franchise. Six is great. Seven is really good as well, but not as good as five. This one falls behind that. I think this one, um, when you watch Fate of the Furious, it does some of the stuff that Seven does just as well. Mm-hmm. Never really better. And some of the stuff slightly worse. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think you miss Paul Walker a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some people have said you don't, but I, in my mind, you did. I think it's because I've watched them all so quickly back to back. I kind of miss him a little bit because he he brought a bit of heart to the to the thing. Mm. Like he brought, he kind Are of you brought saying that. that Dom Toretto doesn't have heart. Well, no, he brought that. How can kind he of, turn his back on family? He by the way, brother. He brought that brother notion to the franchise, yeah. and um, that kind of is missing a little bit. But this film is all about you know Dom Toretto. Uh, Dom, Dom Toretto turning Dom. his back on family. <laughs> Yeah, turning on turning on his family, um, and the kind of storyline of Charlie Theron's cyber terrorist is trying to get whatever the MacGuffin is this time. Um, a car, I imagine. But some of the set pieces in this film are insane. And what I was explaining, some um, I was speaking to Mark when I came in earlier, and he asked me like, obviously, what is it like? And I explained, in my mind, this film is not as good as the others. Was as five and seven. Nicole Kidman's best performance. <laughs> it's not as good as five and seven, yeah. but it is still more fun than most action films that come out at the right. moment. Um, obviously, John Wick is still up there as one of the best. But would you would you sort of class that in a different sort of action? Yes, movie? yeah. There, is, there are sub genres within the and genre, this, and this is just balls to the wall. Like it's almost like they go into this is crazy big stupid yeah, action. Exactly, basically. and it, they do that so well. Mm. So like if. If you are an action purist, you'd be like, "Oh, actually, this is." If Roland Emmerich liked cars, and this, but this, like, there's, like, there's just absolute ridiculous set pieces. It's almost like they go into a room, they go, "Okay, what can we do with cars this time?" People go, "Let's have a submarine chase them," and somebody goes, "How do we get a submarine to chase them?" Then just start throwing stuff. Also, how do we make a submarine chasing cars thrilling? Exactly, but they do it, and and it it works. I'm sure that submarine captains everywhere are going, "This is rubbish." This would never work. (laughs) 
there's one scene with Jason Statham on a plane, which mm. is phenomenal. Like, really, really strong. He's just action. there like, oh, I'll have the chicken, please. <laughs> and you're just like, whoa, he went for the chicken over the fish? <laughs> but no, this, and this, what, basically what I'm trying to say is they are not going to win any awards for best films. But if you like action and you like your action loud and stupid... I do not. This is the film for you. And that's why this podcast works. And that's the thing. I I really like action movies. I really do. And that's across the board. You know, any action movies, that's kind of mine. You're more horror. I take action. That's kind of how... True, That's kind of... When we we sat down... I have to watch Insidious 3. When we sat down to plan this podcast, we went, okay, let's segment who's going to take the dramas, who's going to take the... You you just went... I'll do action, you do horror. And I went, what about the other genres? And you said, fuck them, we don't I need said, them. I said, what are pajamas? No man left behind. Um, but but the thing is, I like action across the board, but this really appeals to that notion in me, which just goes, if you want to sit back and just have a popcorn movie, mm. it is the perfect popcorn movie, because there is a through line. Do you remember hear the popcorn over the sound of guns <laughs> and fucking engines? <laughs> the thing is, there is a through line and there is this whole kind of story that they're weaving and this apparently is leading into a trilogy of films now um, that will basically end Fast and Furious on 10 and it will end at 10. We'll but see about that. <laughs> we'll see what the returns are. Um, if they still make over a billion. And, and I can see how this is going to build but they are still getting... And what amazes me is they're still getting bigger as they go along because yeah. by the time you get to seven you go how mm. how is this getting bigger it's interesting to hear that he's certainly done it bigger yeah louder mm-hmm. but not necessarily not, better it's but not hitting... quite the, the thing is right but do you mind if I don't think you mind no. really the, the audience probably don't care um, if it plateaus a couple of couple of things before we because obviously I don't want to go on forever about this um, but seven had a lot more heart and the thing is it had a lot more weight behind it because of what happened with Paul Walker and the end of Seven is really really nice like really nice they really do justice to Paul Walker and obviously you don't get anything like that in this film because you know and they have like mentions of Paul um, of Paul Walker's character but nothing really too much um, to link it back so it misses that you know there's a lot more heart there Mm. Um, this one does sag in places there are places where you go, okay, let's build up. Like the the beginning is, it doesn't get into things as quick as Seven does. You yeah. know, it doesn't happen as quick. Um, but Jason Statham and The Rock, they are fantastic. Like they are really, really. They're funny. Their action, like their action scenes, are really great. And it's really great that they've incorporated because obviously you lose such a big part of your team when you lose Paul Walker because he has been there since the beginning. You lose such a big part of your team. To bring in The Rock into that team a bit more and also to bring Jason Statham's character back and utilise him the way they have yeah, really, really works. And also they bring in um, Scott Eastwood who mm. you know, um, was in Suicide Squad last time I saw him and he had a really small role. He's got a much bigger part in this. yeah, And he works really well with Kurt Russell's character. Right. Um, and actually I think they're going to bring him in as more of a replacement and be a kind of agency liaison to the team. Um, but it, it really worked for me. I, I really had a lot of fun, and it's not going to be even my best film of the year, I don't think, uh, but I probably will say I had more fun in this than most of the films I've seen this year. I, re- I really did enjoy it. Mm. So a big recommend from you absolutely, for people absolutely. who are looking for um, something I will, that style. I will say it is one of those things, though, if you walked in and this is the first one you see, some of the past 
elements might confuse you a little bit. Right, so there, there is still, a bit of catch-up. I think really you need to watch 6, 7, 8. Mm-hmm. Those are the three you need to see to understand 8 properly. Yeah. But if you're doing that, go back to 5. Okay. Yeah. Cool. What about you? What Sounds did you good. see? Uh, so, it uh, came out on Friday, The Velco Experiment. Uh, so, <laughs> The Velco Experiment is new... I'm struggling to place it in a genre. Okay. It's a new horror. Let's say horror. Okay. I don't think it's horror, but it's horror. Uh, film from writer and producer James Gunn, who, of course, has got Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 so coming what? out uh, on Friday. And director James Mc- um, James McLean, that's a footballer, <laughs> Greg McLean, uh, who had previously done Wolf Creek, Wolf Creek 2, the something else. The Wolfening. He did, uh, he's doing Wolf Creek 3, and I think <laughs> directed an episode of the Wolf Creek TV series. <laughs> He very really Wolf likes Creek. Wolf Creek. He's very involved in Wolf Creek. That's all you need to know. And Jacob's Creek. <laughs> Terrible wine. Terrible. Um, it does. You know, it's it's interesting that the, the Belko experiment is um, is a sort of mix of these two filmmakers. James Gunn has always had a penchant for doing sort of offbeat humour mm. within a sort of non-humorous setting. Yeah. So you had Slither, which was a comedy movie that just happened to be set during an alien invasion, essentially. And you have Super, which is a comedy... Uh, Super's know, great. Which is really good. And this and that was a take on sort of the superhero idea of real-life superheroes. Yeah. In the same way that Kick-Ass, it, I don't think it was quite as good as Kick-Ass, but it certainly was fun and enjoyable. Yeah. And the humour was always there, and it was always a bit weird. Guardians followed that suit. This doesn't, but you can tell it could have, had he directed it. Okay. Now, interestingly, the screenplay for this, I think, has been sitting around for about ten years now. It This existed before Super, and it just sat on the shelf. He didn't want to touch it, and then he went away and got involved in Marvel, and obviously, when you do that, your time gets eaten yeah. up. So, this is then passed to Greg McLean to make, and I'm not sure why. I mean, he's, he's a filmmaker that focuses on very nasty and brutal stuff mm. and it doesn't gel with the script and it doesn't gel with the comedy that they've put in there now I have to say I personally didn't find this film very funny at all I didn't laugh yeah. during the film I sort of had a little smirk at the occasional office minutiae but the rest of it there's stuff that's obviously and you know I was in a half full audience there were people giggling around me so I think there was enjoyment it's, it's to be had there, and it was entertaining enough. The problem is, I've not even given you the setup really. Employees of the company are shut into their building and told that they have to kill each other, otherwise more of them will die. So I think it starts off, you know, in the next half an hour, two people must be killed, mm-hmm. otherwise we'll kill thirty of you. And then it's that, and then it's the moral sort of, and that's the lie of the title, the Belco experiment. Yeah. It's not really an experiment, because it's not, it doesn't necessarily give enough credence to the idea of different trains of thought here. There's one guy who we follow, it's our central character, although it's quite an ensemble cast, played by John Gallagher Jr., who you would have most recently seen in uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane as Emmett. Okay, yeah. Um, and he's our central character, but we don't really get much 
other than he's the one who's saying we don't have the right to choose who lives and dies here. Right. But then when heads start exploding due to traces being placed in them, that kind of goes out the window and you end up just going, you are an idiot. And I couldn't relate with him at all during the thing. And I just kind of watch it and I'm, I'm sitting there for an hour and a half and it, it can't stretch any longer than it is because the concept just isn't strong enough to support it, I don't think. And I'm just sitting there going, right, the, the voice over the tannoy is saying more people will die if you don't. I kind of don't want you to kill any people because then more people will die and this film will just, you know, we will only end up with one person in the next 10 minutes. So then we can just finish the film and I can leave. Yeah. Because I just, I just sat there just going, I should be enjoying this more. And I maybe I could have been, had James Gunn been more... Uh, yeah, if he'd have been the director, I think there would have been more of a playing up of the oddball comedy elements. And it feels enough like a James Gunn film in the sense that Michael Rooker's in it and um, Greg Henry's in it. And Nathan and, Fillion appear. Um, Sean Gunn's in it. But everyone but Nathan Fillion, Ooh. in the sense that all of the regulars turn up in it. And I'm just, I'm, I'm just always ready for more Nathan. I just go. Maybe there was a better film to be made here, but actually, I don't really think. Mm -hmm. Even if there was more of the comedy stuff to it, I don't think it's interesting enough to warrant being made. Did you find yourself getting bored, bored during it? Then I got bored probably about half an hour in. The moment, so, so very early. So on. The, the head start exploding, and I go right. I can exactly tell you, and you know. You have got one-dimensional characters in the sense that you've got probably about 20 characters that you follow. And that guy is the guy with the wife and kids who feels like he's got an obligation to him. Mm -hmm. That one's the ex-marine. That one's the uh, new girl who's just starting today and is so scared. And this one's the one who's uh, obsessed with this girl. And this one's the boyfriend of that girl and has this rivalry with him. And this guy. And you just go... I get every single person here, and I know exactly how each of your stories is going to play out. But it's very, are you saying it's very by the numbers? It's by the numbers, it's so, it's so is predictable. It, is, is that the script's fault, though? It's partially the script's fault. It, it's bending to genre conventions, mm. I suppose. I don't, this is the thing, I, I struggle to class it as a horror film, just because it's not scary. Well, this is, this is my question to you. So it's rated 18 over here. Which is absolutely correct. Um, would you say... It, so you say it warrants that rating, like what? Surely for purely for the gore, mm -hmm. it is. It falls into that category of gornography, right? Which is a term that I've heard bandied around a few times, and I really enjoy. It's a good term. It's better than horror porn, I think, or torture yeah, yeah. porn. It's it certainly falls into gornography, in the sense that there is blood, guts, and gore throughout, mm -hmm. and it's poked out with fingers and guns and sticks and staplers and Ooh. you know projectors. It's you know they try and use the office equipment in inventive ways. Yeah. So there's a particularly memorable kill with a guillotine. Okay. The handle from yeah, the yeah, guillotine. Yeah. And you know it's stuff like that, and you go, okay, fine, fun. And there's bits where you know there'll be a murder in a bathroom, and then the door will shut behind the murderer as he leaves, and it'll say, "Please leave this bathroom tidy for your next yeah, for the yeah, next yeah, user." Yeah. And you think, well, that's the stuff that works. The stuff that doesn't really work is the horror element of it. I just don't buy into it. I don't. I don't get engrossed or okay. attached in any way. And for me, that's a huge issue. Do you think there are people that will will oh, be enjoying this? Though? By all means, in my screening, there were people who were loving it, and people who were genuinely taken aback by things. I think it's horror for people who don't like horror. Okay. And I think the problem that that might be 
that might find is that perhaps the people who don't like horror are not a fan of gore to the excess mm-hmm. that this film goes into. You might actually get away with it. I don't know. There is a lot of gore in it, but you might quite like it because it's not a scary film. Okay. But it also doesn't feel like a very tense film. And it's a shame because I want James Gunn to go back and do original properties again. Yeah. I want him to go back and, you know, as much as I love Guardians and I'm looking forward to Guardians 2, I would love to see him go back. Because he's doing Guardians 3 as well, isn't he? Yeah. But I would love to see him go back and do something a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, sort of to his roots. I don't think that's too much to ask, but I don't know. James, James Gunn's great. Greg McLean, I think, is the wrong pairing, and that—that's the it that's just doesn't work. The problem is, and the script really just isn't funny enough to be a comedy horror. So it's nothing. So would you recommend it? Because if you didn't enjoy it, but parts of that, what, what, did, I, would, what, what you... I would say is, if you're a casual horror fan, if you're someone who maybe goes to see a horror film once a year, yeah. And it's something like The Conjuring or something like that. Go and see this. You'll probably have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And if you're someone who's looking for a sort of light-hearted... It's a light-hearted romp, I was about to describe it, Which is kind <laughs> of true. It, it ticks a lot of boxes. But it just doesn't tick any that I want it to want tick. To. Because it's not a horror film. So if you don't particularly care for horror, but you're interested in sort of a bloody sort of ex- uh, adventure, see this film. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a tough one because I think I'd recommend it partially, but I don't think it's anywhere near what you I think wanted. It's a, I think it's an okay film, but it's not a good or decent film. Okay. I think it's okay. It's a bare minimum. Awesome. Which is a weird way to say, yes, I would recommend it to certain people. <laughs> like, I believe <laughs> that certain that people that, should see the bare minimum. Yeah, we spoke about this before. There are certain things where you go, there are people who will enjoy this. It's just not everyone will. Mm. And it's, it's that hard thing of trying... Hopefully, if you've listened to what you say and you go, actually, some of that stuff is what I'm interested in, this might work for you. Yeah. Uh, well, that's where we're going to have to leave it for today. Yeah. So, as always, you can find us on Facebook and on Twitter. On Twitter, we're at DinosaurMan15. On Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher, and Buzzsprout, we are DinosaurMan Nerdcast, where you can also rate, comment, subscribe, review, leave a comment that's nice about people. Not us, just people in general. Just do it. Uh, thanks as ever to Johnny Goose for the theme song. It was voiced this week by Seth Rogen and Billy Eckner. Forgotten his name already. <laughs> He's heard his name like four different ways. Absolutely, we've done him justice. <laughs> Andy, thank you to you. So I right, thank you for joining me. And until next time. Don't you want somebody to love? <laughs> don't you need somebody to love? <laughs> Oh, you find somebody to love. Beautiful. Oh.